Well, hello there, boys and girls, friends and neighbors. Yours truly, Big John here, and uh, another edition of Fuck You, It's My Show, Smart and Cranky. And, you know, I always say that I'm going to do these shows on a regular basis, and I don't know why I don't. I don't know, probably because I think no one really wants to hear me bitch and moan um, about stuff that they're hearing everybody else bitch and moan about on a regular basis. So um, I only really do these shows when um, I've got something I really want to say, and I don't really give a fuck if you don't want to hear it. And today is one of those days. So, okay, it is May 5th, 2020. Um, We have um, been locked down now for uh, almost eight weeks, I guess. Um, And, you know, the the whole pandemic has really been um, top of the news now since late December, early January. So it's going on about four or five months now that this has been in our minds and everybody's... uh, you know, it just, you know, it got worse and worse and worse. And then, and then now we're basically kind of, we flattened the curve and now everybody's starting to go, okay, um, you did a good job of scaring the shit out of us. So we sheltered in place and we put on the fucking masks and we bought toilet paper and uh, hand sanitizer, like a bunch of fucking uh, crazy assholes expecting the zombie apocalypse. And now we're tired of being in our fucking houses and we're tired of being home. And now we're starting to, uh, most of us, I mean, like 99% of us aren't sick or even close to being sick, uh, physically, but, um, I don't even know what the, uh, what the stats are on the mental, uh, fatigue that we're feeling from this whole thing, but I'm sure it's a hell of a lot more than a couple percent. I know I'm feeling a ton of, uh, mental fatigue in which if you've listened to me before, you know that, that I, I suffer, suffer from mental fatigue and mental fuck up, fuck upness, if that's even a word, um, whether we have a fucking virus going on or not, but that's, uh, for another time. But the point I'm trying to make is, um, the, the mental, the mental problems that we're going to have from this shut, uh, shutdown, lockdown, fear mongering, uh, is going to be going on for a long time. Um, because the financial, um, the financial crisis that, uh, it's already, uh, already started and it's going to take a long time, probably years for us to get out of this, uh, isn't going to go away anytime soon. And, uh, you know, the, um, CNN to the world and MSNBC and New York times and all that are just going to, um, even if they did go, Oh, my bad, which they won't, because we've seen that in the past, how, when they write stuff and, and, um, propel a, a narrative that they know to be wrong or that they think is probably not a hundred percent correct, um, just to further their, uh, their, uh, agendas, they never, never say they're sorry, but even if they did say, Oh, Hey, my bad. I know we, we over blew this whole thing. And, and, um, you know, we, uh, we took just the pieces that we wanted from the, uh, the doctor's information and, and blew that up and got everybody scared and made everybody wear masks and did all this stuff. Um, our bad, which, you know, they're not going to do, even if they did that, that isn't going to fix, uh, you know, people's businesses and people's jobs, job prospects and, and all those things, um, going forward. And, and everybody now is starting to go, okay. I mean, they hunkered down and they said, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to die. I don't want to be a COVID statistic. And now they realize I'm not going to be a COVID statistic, at least from the virus, but I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm tired of being at the house. I'm afraid that my job isn't going to come back. What is the job landscape going to look like when they finally lift the, 
you know, these fucking draconian uh, medieval sanctions on us and let us go outside and actually be people again and, and, and have to go back and try and participate in the economy. And, and, and what is that going to look like? Everybody's freaked out. I know that I'm kind of freaked out. I mean, I'm in a better position than, than some Americans because I have, my father uh, makes, you know, he's fairly wealthy. I mean, he's not like, you know, Donald Trump wealthy, but he's, he's, uh, you know, like uh, wealthy on a, on a small level, you know, to the point where he's not going to go under um, and I'm not going to go under, I mean, we're not going to be living under a bridge. Okay. You know I mean? He's got stocks. He's heavily invested in the stock market. So he's taking a bath and that's freaking him out. And he's in his seventies and it kind of freaks me out because for whatever reason, for better or worse, I still rely on him, um, you know, to a small degree for, um, you know, for my livelihood. And that's a, that, that's for a whole nother fucking podcast. Okay. But point is, is I know I'm not going to be, um, you know, waiting in this uh, three-block line for food from the food pantry anytime soon. I mean, I just took my wife to work, and uh, you know, up she works on the north side of Vegas, which is the uh, older, shittier side of Vegas, and uh, you know, the poorer side of Vegas. And I'm driving her to work, and there's literally a line. I don't know how long it is, but um, but you're going through the the stoplight, and you see people in the right-hand lane. You know, the, the right-hand lane is completely full uh, from one stoplight to the other, which is at least a half a mile. And then once we drove past that, then it loops around. It takes another right and goes down for another half a mile. And that's about as far as I could see. So it's at least a mile, if not more. And they're waiting in their cars probably for a bag of uh, groceries that, you know, most of us wouldn't, wouldn't even want to... Uh, wouldn't really want, even if we could afford that stuff. But they're you know, they're waiting in line so that they can feed their families and they're freaking out. And this is what I'm talking about. All this stuff right now, this forced depression that we're in is, is going to have, um, it's going to have effects for a long, long time. And I have not had to wait in that line and I don't think I'm going to have to, um, you know, but I, uh, am concerned about, you know, I mean, I'm a salesman and, and, uh, there's not a lot of sales jobs right now. I mean, there's a lot of at home bullshit, um, straight commission opportunities, which I don't really want to, uh, participate in. I mean, I'm, I'm, um, been doing one on and off for a couple weeks now. And, you know, and I just, uh, and for me, I need to be able to go out and sit at a, at, you know, in a call center and have, uh, the competition and have the sort of the noise in the background and, and all that stuff to be really, at the top of my game and I can't really do that here from the house. So, you know, that concerns me and I'm just wondering what the opportunities are going to look like when I get out. But because I'm, I'm a salesman, even though I don't really want to be in that business anymore. I mean, I've thought about that over the last several weeks and I really wish that I could do something else, but you know, I've been in sales for most of my life. I've got so much experience in that and I know I can get a job like that, um, that I just kind of am sort of stuck, but you know, I digress. But again, you know, I'll probably have opportunities because when this situation, when these kind of situations happen, you know, businesses, um, they sort of change their direction, they pivot and they're going to start hawking a new opportunity to people. So I'll have the opportunity to hawk, hawk the wares or services that are available, whether I want to do them or not, and whether they're going to make me a ton of money and I'm going to be really happy with what I'm doing. Um, that's, um, who knows? I mean, I haven't really been that happy with uh, 
with the fucking opportunities that I've been given for many, many years now, but I'm able to keep, you know, paying the bills and feeding myself and, uh, you know, and all that good stuff. So the, you know, the point being is I have a better opportunity than a lot of Americans, but you know, um, the point I'm trying to get to is I'm a, a pretty practical person. I'm a very emotional person, but I've got a pragmatic side that I get from my father. And I look at the statistics and I look at math and I look at the numbers to try to calm myself down because because one half of my of my brain is very emotional and, and uh, I'm a writer and, and all that stuff. So I've got a very active imagination. So if I buy into all this fear mongering and stuff that, um, that you see on the news from almost every outlet. Um, and, uh, I mean, even Fox news, I'm a big Fox news guy. Uh, because I, I like Trump and that's the only, only fucking, uh, the only news channel that doesn't, you know, absolutely just call them the next incarnation of fucking Hitler. But I don't even, I don't even agree with them, uh, all the time. And especially during this whole situation, because they, they're kind of pushing a, uh, a fearful narrative too at times. But the point being is, so I start, so to keep myself rational and relaxed, I start looking at numbers online. There's a, you know, Google's a, a great thing. You can Google anything you want. So on the way home from driving, from dropping off my wife, I Googled some information. And time and time again, when I go and look at the numbers, you take the population of a state, you take the number of cases, and then you take the number of deaths. And, and it's a very simple calculation. And for the most part, most of these states are in the, you know, one, two, three, maybe 4% death rate. And even worse, yeah, that is sort of scary. Okay, well, you know, three or four percent. I wouldn't want to be in the three or four percent that dies. But if you look at the cases, if you take the cases and divide those into the uh, population, then it's even worse. Those numbers get down into the uh, sub one percent range. We're talking about like you know three or four tenths of one percent of the entire population is even going to get sick from the virus. Okay, and then when they do get sick from the virus then the actual deaths jump up to, you know, um, a couple percent, you know, to one, two, three, four, you know, five. I mean, that's sort of, I mean, that's really scary. But when you look at it and go, okay, um, if you do get it, it's a little bit more deadly than you'd like it to be. But the chances of you getting it in the beginning, to begin with, are so unbelievably nil that you're thinking, okay, we're shutting down the entire fucking economy of the country, let alone the entire state economy. I mean, we've got a lot of states that the economy wasn't good to begin with. I mean, we've got, you know, a lot of these uh, interior states that were just making a comeback and they were finally doing well, whether you like Trump or not, they were doing well because we were um, investing in, uh, in our uh, industry in this country and mills and, and all, you know, and, and factories and all that. And then all of a sudden, um, the powers that be on one side of the country said, Hey, listen, we've got this big fucking virus that we don't know anything about. And it's coming from China and it's going to get us to the fucking kill everybody. It's going to kill everybody. If we don't stop what we're doing and shelter in place and be terrified until we tell you not to be terrified anymore. Well, you know, a lot of those States like Michigan and, you know, uh, Illinois and Kentucky and, and, uh, you know, a lot of those States, you know, Ohio, they were already fucked to begin with. Now they're really fucked. And then you've got, and then when you look at it, there are only 
a, a handful of hotspots across the country that are really that really have high scary death numbers and even when you look at those they're really not that high and they never tell you in those numbers okay how many of those people are uh are you know very elderly you know in their uh 70s and 80s and how many of those people already had underlying conditions you know the immunocompromised is what they say people that had underlying uh, problems with their immune systems and all that they don't factor those in there well they do probably but they don't but but the numbers that you look at are just cold numbers. They don't say, hey, this percentage of these numbers were this uh, were this portion of the population, you know, which which is susceptible to anything, whether it's the coronavirus, um, the flu, the cold, I mean, pneumonia, all that stuff. That kind of shit happens all the time. So, and we don't shut down the economy for those reasons. Okay, I mean, 147,000 people a year die from uh, lung cancer. Okay, lung can I mean, I know lung cancer is not. Um, you can't get it from somebody else, so they're going to say, "Well, that 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 number doesn't even make any sense." Okay, well, whether it does or not, 147,000 people, which is basically what we're on par to lose at the current numbers. We've lost 68,000 people so far in the entire country in about a five or six month period. So, if you extrapolate that out uh, in a 12 month period. We're probably going to lose 140 to 150,000 people if it continues like this, okay? Which it probably won't. It's probably going to to get less. Maybe it'll spike up and then and then it'll go back and whatnot. But we're looking at probably 100 to 150,000 people that are dying, and that's awful. But 150,000 people die from from uh, one type of cancer every year, and then a million people die from cancer of all types every year. We don't shut down the economy for that. I mean, we don't say, hey, the hospitals are going to be overwhelmed because of this. So that's what I'm trying to say is that it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like New York, they've got a, you know, I mean, it, that's the, the hottest spot in the country is New York. You know, there's 20,000 people that have died and they've got 320,000 cases. So that those are scary numbers. I'm sure New York City is probably fucking freaked out. It's the last place I'd want to be right now, especially with my type of mental health. You know, I'm susceptible to people freaking me out. You know, it's just the way I am. But here in Nevada, there's 5,500 cases, 266 deaths. I mean, there's, uh, I don't know, we've got like 4 million people in, uh, in this greater uh, Vegas area, and you've got 5,500 cases. So if you do the math, you know, that's less than 1%. It's like, you know, three or four tenths or five tenths of 1% actually even get the economy. I mean, get the uh, the virus, but yet we're, we shut down the entire, the entire uh, economy. I mean, the strips shut down and all that stuff. And here's the thing. If the virus, if the virus was equal you know, I mean, it, it, it hit, it infected and killed people equally. You would think that such a uh, metropolitan, cos, you know, cosmopolitan city like Vegas, because we've got people coming in from all over the country, from all over the world, to go to these hotels and casinos, which are, you know, you're packed in like sardines, and there's uh, all sorts of things that we all touch, like slot machines and, you know, and uh, the cards and stuff from all the table games. How come we don't have the same numbers that uh, New York City has? I mean, I mean, we we shut down six weeks ago. New York City. I mean, we, so we're pretty much the. It's sort of the same kind of thing. I mean, you know, I know that we're that there's 
people pack in and they live together closer. So that's the reason why New York City uh, has as many deaths as they have. But you wouldn't you wouldn't think that they've got almost 20,000 deaths and we've got 266 deaths. I mean, we're talking, you know, I mean, it's like a hundred times different. You got 20,000 deaths and 320,000 cases. We have 5,500 cases and 266 deaths. I mean, what is that like? Um, even 2,600 cases would be or 2,000 cases would be 10% of what they have. We have, so we have 1% of what they have, right? So I, it, it just, the, <clears throat> the numbers just don't add up to me. I don't understand. And then if you want to be even, if you want to go even even more in depth into, into numbers, if you look at it, it's, and you can easily Google um, COVID-19 cases, and it'll pull up stats for every single country in the union, including a few of our uh, territories like Puerto Rico and Guam and all that. But out of the 50 states, okay, in the contiguous, well, I mean, the 48 contiguous states and Alaska and Hawaii, 14 out of those 50, which is roughly 30% of the country, have less than 100 deaths. I mean, less than 100 deaths. Some of them, like Utah, which is right next to our state of Nevada, has 50 deaths. And there are some states that have under 20, 17, 9. But yet, we've shut down those entire uh, states. And that doesn't make any sense at all. And I know people are going to say, well, yes, but the reason that they don't have that uh, those many deaths is because, um, because we did shut everything down and we hunkered down. Okay, I'm sure that's helping to a degree. But at the same time, just because you, you hunkered down and there's not nearly as much population out there, Shutting down those those areas, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean, you basically have four or five big hotspots in the country, and you shut down the entire economy for that. What you should be doing is letting the rest of the economy continue, you know, but taking some, uh, but taking some some uh, precautions like you know six feet, maybe wearing gloves. If you want to wear a mask to make yourself feel better, they don't know. You know, there, there's a lot of uh, information about that, that unless it's an N95 mask, it's not really doing you much good or any good. But, you know, I mean, taking precautions to, to slow anything or make people feel better, but still letting them go and do their job so they can feed their families and let them go out and live their life because they're not in the same boat as New York City is. New York City's uh, in a really bad situation. So what we should do be doing is what we've been doing already, sending, you know, um, government help there, setting up hospitals, you know, I mean, basically triaging that part of the country that really, really, really needs it. But you're basically triaging the entire country and most of the country doesn't need it. It's like an emergency room and, you know, uh, 30% of the patients walk in and they've got a splinter in there. (laughs) They got a fucking splinter. And uh, the guy next to him, his eyeballs fucking hanging out of his head, and you're basically treating everybody the same way. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's what triage is all about. You take the ones that are the that are in the most urgent need of care and fix them, and everybody else can just hang out until until uh, they get to you. Well, in this case, that's what they're doing. The, the, the country's one big fucking emergency room, but we're all sitting there on our asses doing nothing, not making any money. Um, going deeper into debt and everything else for a splinter. And I know that there's a lot of people 
out of you four that they're going to listen to this, especially now that I'm almost at 20 minutes, are going to say, you know what, you, you're a fucking, you're, you're an awful person because you're, you want a bunch of people to die just so you can go out and go to work and do what you want to do. Well, that's not true, okay? I don't want people to die. But the fact is, no matter what I do, people die. A couple million people a year die based on how old they are, um, what their medical conditions are, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just it's just a law of average. You have 330 million people in this country. People are going to die. If they live forever, we wouldn't be able to support everybody. People die. People get... People are born, people die. I mean, it, 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 it's a tragic situation. And if you put yourself in that position, you go, well, I wouldn't want to be the one of the ones that die. Well, okay, but you can take your own precautions. If you really feel uh, like you should stay home and work from home and you have that ability, do it. But if you don't have that ability, your job doesn't give you that option because you you can't work from home. You can't, you know, you can't build things from home. You can't uh, do this. Then you should be able to go out and work. And even though we've said, okay, well, these are essential businesses and these are not essential businesses. You know what? I mean, the people that, that need to cut hair and do nails and, um, and all the other things that, uh, need to go to work can't really do that, especially because there are certain parts of the country that if you are cutting hair out of your house or doing nails out of your house, I mean, you're considered a fucking war criminal. I mean, they've got, you know, um, squads of, of cops running around that should be worried about real crime. Um, you know, arresting or citing people that are uh, running barbershops out of their house or nail salons out of their house. Um, and that's just fucking ridiculous. It, it's, it's ridiculous. It just shows the overreaction of something like this. And I think, um, I really think that this whole thing is uh, an early October surprise. The Democrats and the liberals that don't, that just absolutely fucking hate Trump have decided there's no other way to beat this guy other than the economy. So the only thing we can do is fucking wreck the economy, which I think the overreaction to this virus has done a very good job of fucking wrecking the economy. So I don't know if he'll, uh, if he'll, um, make it, you know, get reelected this year or not. I hope he does. I'm going to vote for him, but I mean, but you, we're all suffering because, um, because there, are, uh, a certain amount of people that hate Trump so fucking much and they can pull the strings and pull the levers and uh, now uh, we're all in the same boat and we're all suffering financially and mentally because of this whole situation. And it's just fucking ridiculous. I mean, you got 30% of the country that has less than 100 deaths. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, you're going to shut down the whole economy or you're going to shut down 30% of the economy for um, fewer deaths than, than uh, you know, the f- fewer deaths that, that, than car deaths. I mean... People get more car accidents uh, than than they do uh, than they die from coronavirus um, when it comes to some of these states. So, you know what I mean. I'm spitting out all these different numbers, but I hope that you understand what I'm trying to say. It's just it's an, it, it is a completely disproportionate response to this, and that, that's why you've got people like in Michigan and other states that are protesting and they're saying, "Listen, you guys can't do this. This is unconstitutional." We did what you said. We did what you said for a while, but now we're we're um, realizing that common sense dictates that this doesn't make any sense. That we need to open back up, and we need to have a plan, and we need to you need to let us go back to our lives. That's that's only fair, you know. And, and uh, you've got um, politicians and stuff that are taking a super super hardcore fucking stance against those kind of people. And if you, if you were worried, like I have been worried for 
several years, ever since Trump got into office, that we were going to have a civil war. Well, I think we're going to have a civil war over this if the uh, powers that be don't fucking chill out and and say, okay, enough is enough. We're going to have to go back to our lives. Because uh, if they keep if they keep with these fucking draconian uh, tactics and uh, start using, um, you know, the uh, police and military uh, and whatnot against people, it is not going to fucking, uh, it is not going to end well. It, 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 it's not, trust me on that. Anyway, all right, you guys probably tuned out a long time ago, but that those are my thoughts on uh, this stage of the uh, fucking coronavirus pandemic. Until next time, it's Big John saying, hey, If you don't like listening to it, well, fuck you. It's my show. I'm smart and cranky. I'll talk to you later.